Hello, this is your host, Cheryl C. Jones, with a warning. This podcast contains true stories of individual genius that may inspire you to take action in your own life. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Simply the Best Results Podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Jones. I'm a speaker, an author, a podcast host, and a consultant and trainer to organizations who want to do and perform at a much higher level. Today, I have a very special guest with me. It's Dr. Pillay, and let me share a little bit with you about him, because he is a phenomenon to me anyway. Um, So I hope you're ready to get happy. So today's special guest will show us the power of leveraging the science of happiness to create business success, which has proven successful in his engagements with organizations such as Dale Carnegie, Hired Texas, and Dell. From his humble beginnings in a war-torn African refugee camp to billboard charting song productions and heights to corporate America, Dr. Pillay reveals the sounds and stories of I Got Happy to amplify your success. It's my pleasure to welcome Dr. Pillay. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I appreciate being here. So glad you're here. Well, you know, you and I have had a few minutes to talk just before this, as well as um, in various other situations where we've crossed paths. And it all has always struck me this idea of you growing up in a refugee camp. And I am really curious, of course, that's not in my experience. And so I'm wondering if you, as kind of a foundation setter, if you would share a little bit about that history with us. And then of course, I definitely need to know about, you know, the music world, because of course that's something I'm curious about as well. So can we start there and then we'll just work our way up to everything else. Absolutely. Um, Cheryl, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, it's interesting. Um, just the other day, and I'll get to the, to, the, to the question you've asked. Just the other day, I was in a debate, if you will, with um, a fellow PhD colleague um, about how to go to market to help people in big companies deal with their teams. And here I am talking about being happy and carrying a guitar and music. And, and he said, you know what? The CEOs will shut that down. They don't want happy employees. They don't want all that happy kumbaya talk. They want results. They want dollars and cents. And I looked at him and I said to, to myself, no, I am not going to throw away the number one conviction I have in my whole life just because I'm afraid of some CEOs. If anything, I don't want to work with those CEOs. You're right. And the reason I bring that, that story up is because that's just how passionate I am and how much I feel that my life was put on a track, on a purpose. And, and I'm not going to get off of that purpose, no matter what the data or the fears are out there. Awesome. Now, how did I get on that path? Well, well, basically, I was born in Nigeria in the 60s, late 60s. And there was a civil war going on. You know, we've got bombs falling and, and people are dying of hunger. I mean, if you ever saw those black and white images of children, you know, just bone bone thin you know with with flies buzzing around their mouths in in poverty and hunger i was one of those children okay and and during that fear and pain and and just nothingness my mother did the most amazing thing my mother would sing to us she would sing about food and she would put my name in the song about food and the the amazing thing is that in the absence of food music helped make us happy. 
And in the absence of the success that we wanted in our lives, the happiness that we wanted, that we got in our lives from that music sustained us and kept us alive and chased the bombs away. So nobody can tell me that some stuffy CEO doesn't want happy employees and therefore I should not be using my happiness and music. There is a science to happiness. It's not just me saying it. The world has proven that there's tons and tons of research, HBR, you know, everywhere, mm-hmm. saying that happy employees lead to productive uh, companies. And so I, I've made it my mission to tap into the things I actually believe in, such as happiness and, and music, and use them for the benefit of others in, in the team setting and organizations. That's awesome. And I know that's one of your gifts, too, because the first time I met you, you um, like, I think that's your genius. It's more than a gift. I think it's your genius, because since I've met you, I don't know, I, I think you've produced at least four songs that I'm aware of, and it's only been a few months. So I'm like, holy cow, how does he pull that together? That's just amazing. Um, and all of them are catchy and, and have a meaning to them, and they're just precious. I just thought they're wonderful. So, so, but I want to know about this pop sensation that you were um, as just a young lad, which was probably not long ago, but (laughs) (laughs) tell us, tell me, come on, keep telling me more about you. I want to know. Okay. Well, you know, thank you so much. And and you're right. When we first met, I uh, actually, I actually did this little talk at at the NSA um, Austin and I played my guitar and I think I think a lot of people must have thought I was crazy, but it worked out. <laughs> it was fun. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, you have this, I have this, we all have, have this. But when we look back at our lives, we start to see patterns. And, and those patterns, you know, some of us are really lucky that our patterns sort of led us back home mm. as opposed to our patterns leading us astray. So, you know, my life's patterns have been such that I've seen huge mistakes that helped me stay focused. You know, like I remember being laid off uh, at one of my, my very first jobs in the corporate world and thinking this is the end of the world. But, you know, it helped me to go back to things like music mm. and things like, well, what truly makes you happy? And why don't you pursue that and then use that to help other people? So, you know, what I've done with 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 my music and with my life has been consistently three things. I've always been a teacher. I've always been a storyteller and I've always been a creative and artist. Um, and, and that's what you see. Even now I'm writing songs. And you know, the funny thing is I gave up years and years ago, the idea that I was going to be the next Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> so I, I actually don't write these songs because I'm trying to be famous. Um, or successful in the traditional musical uh, industry world. I write these songs because I truly believe that they're healing me and they can heal other people. And it doesn't hurt that, you know, when I'm doing a, a team training session, um, we do all the psychology assessments and all the PhD stuff that I've learned. I mean, we do that stuff with people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, we bring the entertainment and the fun of music to help people remember all the things that they've been learning. And so it becomes a non-stuffy engagement. It becomes a fun thing to actually get better as teams and as professionals at work. And that's what I, I, I do today. That's awesome. Well, most recently I saw a video you did uh, where you compared a 
brand new orchestra. I can imagine the elementary or middle, not elementary, but maybe middle school um, first timers where they came together and trying to play music and then, then also showing a symphony and, and the difference. And tell me more about the, the comparison and what you were trying to convey with that, that message. It's such a great question, Cheryl. You know, I'm going to give that same PhD uh, friend of mine some credit because it was his idea during that slightly contentious conversation. He said, you know, Dr. Pillay, you have to help people understand how performance, um, you know, uh, is helped by the things you bring. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not that you should throw away your music or, or, or the things you love, but help them understand how music and, you know, happiness and all those things relate to teamwork. And so it was actually his word performance that led me that day, that evening, right after our call last week, uh, to put together this video. And basically what the video does is it says, hey, listen, you, you want performance just like any other CEO, um, but are, does your performance sound like this? And then I point to the left and, and there's these kids going, dang, 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 dang. everything's wrong, it's off key, it's terrible, but they're adorable, but it's terrible. <laughs> And then I say, or do you want your performance to be like this? And I point to um, a performance of Beethoven's uh, Fifth Symphony. You know that, da 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 da, da da da, da da da. You know that really cool yes. uh, song by Beethoven. And it's like it, there's a parable there because it's not just that this group is really bad and this group is group is really good. It's that this group that's really bad can actually become and did actually when they grew up become this powerful symphony and orchestra. But how did that happen? It's because these are learnable skills. These are not, it's not nature, it's nurture. We can teach the science of performance, right? And that's where music as an analogy is used. But music is also used as, how do I remember all this teaching, you know, about performance and, and teamwork? Because if you, if you leave training, I'm sure you, you and many people would agree that, when people leave training, most of the time, they just forget everything. <laughs> yeah, the, but, yeah, I was going to yeah. say the statistics are, are crazy in terms of how much you lose in the, in the first 24 hours, you know. Exactly. And by exactly. the end of the week, you've lost 70% of whatever you learned, you know. Exactly. Like, whoa. But, but, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot, Cheryl. Have you forgotten how to sing your ABCs? No. No, you haven't. That. And neither have I. And I learned that. Last week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for me, right? <laughs> you know, we learned that a while ago and we will never forget because it was put to music. So the secret for me is not music isn't just for entertainment. Music is a powerful learning transfer mechanism. It's proven by neuroscience. It's everybody in the scientific world knows that music locks itself into different aspects of our brain and so many aspects of our brain that it just won't go away. So if you take the vision of your team or the, the, the productivity of your team and you set some of that to music at the end of all the training and coaching, you get something people will never forget. Absolutely. I was just thinking um, back, in the, back in the day, we won't say how far back, yeah, last week, just last week. Just last week. <laughs> Those who know would know. But anyway, um, when I remember one of my very first jobs was a hostess in a restaurant. 
And this restaurant had such a story to it that I've never forgotten it. Now, granted, I, I was there within that, that corporation. They had two different chains that I worked in, but primarily this one steak restaurant. And that story, I could still tell it today, but it wasn't necessarily set to music. But my thought is, I think there's a, a segue here between music and story and, and culture, organizational culture and things like that, because part of what came through in that, that position or that job was that, you know, there was the birthday song and the happy anniversary song that were unique to that organization that I'd still call my mother on her birthday in March and sing it to her. And she still likes it. Go figure. <laughs> but it, it takes her back to a time too, but uh, we got half off on our dinners, but, um, you know, <laughs> but you know, that combination of story and music or principles and music, yeah, I can see how that sticks, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know, the funny thing is when it comes to making learning and coaching stick, everybody has bought in right now into the idea that story, S-T-O-R-Y, is the powerhouse or the, the, the force behind remembering and connecting with things. But what a lot of people maybe don't have at the forefront of their brains is that music is a story. Mm-hmm. You're right. We <laughs> Music is just a short, a song is just a shorter four or five minute story. Mm-hmm. And that story works the same way as story in, 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 in any other context. So really all we're saying is, you know, turn leadership development, turn training and teaming into a story that sticks with people for life. I just had a thought about that too, in terms of um, very often, at least in my history, we've always, we've talked about vision and values and those kinds of things. But what just hit me was that you can have vision and values, but if you don't know where you are to begin with, like where you're starting and the vision and the values, where you're heading, you could tell a story or write music or write a song that talks about filling the gap and the transition. And that could become the anthem, if you will, for an organization. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, you know, one of the things that I really, really focus on in my work is the idea of assessments, mm. which give you, give, you know, they give you that starting point. They tell you, okay, here's where we are today. And it also helps us know the difference between, as you said, the gap between where we are today and where we eventually need to be. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, in my book, uh, which is called the seven songs of a successful team. I talk about, you know, such a focus, you know, all the elements of music or all the elements of a team need to be assessed and fully understood before you can actually make, do them well. It all starts from where are you now? Um, So I actually have a a, a couple of websites. One is called my7songs.com for people who read the book. And the other one is called teamingcenter.com, which is a central location where you can take any team and assess where you are today so that you can know where you got to be in terms of the success of your team in the future. So teamingcenter.com is that. So I couldn't agree with you more. It's all about where are you now, right? And where do you want to be in terms of vision, mission, goals, but then also the people stuff. Like, are we happy? Are we harmonious? Are we working well together? Are personalities gelling? All of those things matter in getting our results as a team. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're, you know, your, your um, model within the seven songs book is amazing because it's, it's not all, it's not frou-frou or, or, you know, you know, you know, there's, it's substantial, it's scientific, it's based in very um, credible, measurable stuff. And, and I'll let you all, the, your, you listeners, uh, pick up his book because I can't really describe the model to you here, but uh, it just really makes sense. And I've been doing training and development and working with teams and leadership for the past 30 years. And when I saw this, it was kind of like a light bulb went off and Dr. Pillay, I'm like, holy cow, that, that just sums everything up. And it was, it was amazing to me. And, it, and you could see the, um, the specific challenges or places where there might be challenges in an organization. And I think even if uh, you were just reading the book and you looked at it and you compared it to your own organization, you could very easily go, oh, that's where our gap is. I know, I know what's missing here. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think some CEOs think that, you know, team building is for fun. What's your thought on that? Wow. I mean, that's good, but you know, yes. fun is a productive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. What, 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 what <laughs> I don't a great, believe that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is just so true. That is really what um, I think folks like us who really do have the scientific um, approach are struggling against. There's this perception that, you know, team building is an event. We're going to go to Hawaii or we're going to, you know, have a team day and some, some guy is going to come in and make us laugh and, right. and make us feel good. Play you know, games. Play right? games, right. sing a song, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and the funny thing is I've watched as music has been very, very well relegated to entertainment. And then on the other hand, also very well relegated to therapy. You know, there's a mm-hmm. whole science of, right. of music therapy. People go to school to get degrees in music therapy. But what people aren't yet um, fully aware of is the power of music for learning and development, which is my focus. And so my, my answer to the question you've asked really is we've got to help people understand that music is not just for entertainment, entertainment or therapy, fixing what's wrong. Music is actually about taking really good situations um, and making them better through learning and development. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my book, as you said, people would have to go get the book to understand it fully, but my book goes into the details of how music can be an ally. Not that you've got to become a musician, but just understanding how the brain responds to music and using that method to respond to your team. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful uh, approach. It is a powerful approach, definitely. So what, do you, what song tap for you for the future? What are you hoping to do in the world? What's your goal? Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you know, a long time ago in the music industry, I'll use music since we've talked about that quite a bit. A long time ago in the music industry, most people only understood one model of success, and that was go get a record deal and become Michael Jackson. That was it, right? And the, the whole world changed. The internet showed up. There was, you know, companies weren't doing that anymore. Nobody was getting record deals per se. Sure, there are still a, there are still a few, you know. Justin Bieber got a deal, right? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> But like that model was, was gone. And what replaced it was entrepreneurs. Everybody became an entrepreneur in the music industry. And that's a similar path that I've taken with respect to my book, my music, my, my entire business. I recognize that no one is going to pick me up, make me their employee or promote me 
put millions of dollars behind what I'm, I'm selling. Um, so I'm really passionate about the just bootstrap one person at a time, connecting with people and helping people along the way. And, and to do that, you've got to really have good uh, allies, good team members, good, good masterminds, good people that care about you and you care about them so that you can together walk this really difficult path of entrepreneurship. So what I'm most excited about is taking these baby steps into helping CEO number one and CEO number two change their culture and their company by improving their teams. Do you have a, is there a specific industry that you enjoy working with? Uh, no, I, I, I don't, I'm not yet that siloed, if you will. Not that it's a bad thing to do that. In fact, as they say, the, the riches are in the niches, right? So right, that's what they what's, say. yeah, what's, what's my focus? Um, no, I, I, right now, if you've got a team, we can help you because uh-huh. it's kind of like the CEO of uh, Pepsi-Cola can go run Amazon uh, because people are people everywhere, right? Leadership, same yeah. kind of thing. But I, I, I will say that there are some industries that don't lend themselves to teamwork, such as um, sales, for example, oh. right? There's a large, there's a part of sales that does, like sales enablement and training and things like that. But actual sellers usually just want to carry the bag and go out on their own and do their thing. But the support staff for them, mm-hmm. that involves teaming. So um, some industries are more focused on teaming than others. And so I'm, I'm just looking for industries or, or leaders that really care about working together to get somewhere versus the individual, you know, heroes in a company. Absolutely. Well, and, and I know that there's a number of companies that have really embraced the happiness model. And I'm going to just call it that yeah. the idea of making their employees happy and, and um, Zappos is one of them. And I'm trying to think of a couple of S- other Southwest. Companies. Oh yeah. Southwest does a great job. They're my favorite airline. Um, no, they did not pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they believe in culture that that's their big they thing. They do. They do. Yes. And you know, so, I mean, and it's, and it, but when we think of successful organizations and we think of Zappos and we think of Amazon and we think of Southwest, we, they each have their own culture and you're absolutely right. And how is that, that culture conveyed? And it's, I think it's due partially to the shared experience, which brings us kind of back to teams, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, a shared experience where people really connect through that experience, you know? Yep. Um, and I think that's one of the things that you're offering is the shared, this shared experience idea that causes connection, that causes people to want to really support one another, help one another, know one another. And if they all know what the gap is that they're trying to fill, my word mm-hmm. gap, that that space yep. between what is and where we want to be, um, then, you know, I think that uh, that helps them work better. At least that's what I've seen in my, in my experience of, of doing retreats and those team building type things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it comes back to what comes first. Is it happiness or success? Companies that focus only on the lagging indicators of what I call success, like sales and market share and things like that. And they miss the leading indicators, the things that predict the future, such as how happy are your employees? You know, how positive is your culture, your workplace? Um, Companies that miss that totally don't get the results they want. And so these companies like, you know, Zappos and Southwest really pioneered the idea that culture and happiness and those things come first. So, you know, I help people to really stop for a second. Yes, we want to get the million dollars, right? We want to get all that stuff. 
but don't destroy the, the, the goose that's producing your eggs. Right. Good point. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. those employees to a place where they really are at best productive for you. And it starts with how they feel when they show up at work. Well, one of the things that I think is um, a trip up, it's a thing that you know gets in your way, that trips people up, it, CEOs, uh, owners, presidents, whatever, um, is this idea of happiness and them having to having to make their employees happy. And I'm not, I don't think that's what you're saying, that it's their job to make their employees happy. Can we talk more about what you mean when you say, you know, I, I know what a positive work environment is, but can you expand on the concept of happiness? What does it mean? Absolutely. Who's responsible for it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you make a really good point. There's a point at which um, one has to uh, define happiness as not being a thing you feel. Okay? Uh, because when we define happiness as something I feel, then people are looking around for wait, waiting for someone else externally to come and help them feel it or some event to help them feel it. The worst thing you can do is say, I'm going to wait till I, till I get rich or something before I feel happy. It doesn't work. Right. Happiness has to be redefined as something we do. Happiness is an action. It's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, when happiness is an action, that answers the question of who's responsible for it. See, I'm responsible for my own happiness. I have to go get it. I have to do the things. And in fact, I have a model in my book. It's called the H-A-P-P-Y model, where you do five things every single day. Focus on your head. Focus on, um, uh, you know, uh, being grateful. Um, Mm -hmm. Forget the word right now. It would go with A, wouldn't it? Yeah, it goes with A. No, not Appreciation. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Focus on your, your, your head and your, your mindfulness. Appreciation. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I'll get this right someday. That's but anyway, okay. there's a P, which is for people. And then there's another P, which is for uh, something to do with relationships. And then Y is for you. Got it. Okay. And, and, you know, you have to have a practice where every day when you wake up, you just go through the um, mindfulness, appreciation, you know, being positive to other people, all, all those things and set yourself for the success that you're going to feel and achieve that day. And then once you become happier every day, every week, mm-hmm. it translates into the type of days you have. In fact, on, on, on my site, teamingcenter.com, one of the things we measure as a team is every Monday, how happy are you? Yeah. How happy were you the last week? Mm-hmm. And over time, everyone can see a relationship between their happiness as a team and their productivity in terms of output. Uh, There's actually cool. a link. Um, so to your point, a CEO is not responsibly, responsible personally, but a CEO must help to set the cultural atmosphere and, and mm-hmm. trends that allow people to take the actions that make them happy. And then once they're in that engagement and focus and zone of, you know, productivity, they'll deliver on the results that the CEO wants. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for addressing that because I feel like that's, that is a big stumbling block for a lot of people. And, and when I had multiple employees a few years ago, I thought I was responsible for all of their happiness. And I'm like, it was a, an incredible burden because I just didn't know any better. I was a young, you know, a young business owner and it was just, 
I spent half my time worrying about, well, did they, you know, had they gone out and sold anything or were they making any money? And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing and couldn't keep up with that. It was ridiculous. Um, but I learned a lot from that experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes. And, you know, I think that's a, a really good lesson for all of us is to be responsible for our own happiness. I don't think, I don't think we think about that often enough. And we do, like you said, turn to others and expect others to um, um, basically make us happy. I think we do that in relationships and then we're saddened when those relationships break up. And, you know, we expect our children to make us happy sometimes and they don't always do what we'd like them to do. And, you know, especially in those teenage years. And, um, you know, so there's a lot that, um, you know, a lot, a lot of us just, have a misconception about the whole thing about being happy and how to get there. You know, yeah. it's up to, it's up to each one of us, every yeah. single one of us. Yeah. I can tell you every morning I try to take a 30 minute walk in that walk. I do my H A P P Y mm -hmm. focus on my head and becoming heedful and mindfulness. Some people call it meditation, whatever you want to call it. And then I focus on being appreciative, very appreciative of everything. And then I, I think of all the people that I need to continue to, connect with and stay true mm -hmm. to then i focus on being positive just seeing the positive side of everything that's the second p i forgot and then the and then the y is the u meaning say yes say yes to you in everything that you do that's awesome that's awesome well our time is about up but before we close this session um i want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you and would you, where would you prefer them to go? Because, you know, you have teamingcenter.com. Would, would you, where else would you like them to go? Well, the main place they should go is drpele.com, which is D-R-P-E-L-E.com. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And actually, those are the best ways to connect with me. Awesome. Um, the, 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 the Teaming Center site is really just where we do our assessments for people who already know me. <laughs> Got it. So, um, and what I think I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is we will put in the show notes uh, links to the uh, the videos. I got happy, and with thank you is my other favorite. Oh, uh, thank you've you. You've got a couple. Of, you've got a couple of really good ones that are that are actually my favorites. And when I listen to them in the morning, they just kind of make me smile and and feel good. So, I, yes, absolutely. So, I definitely want to make sure that people know how to find those. So, if that's all right with you, we'll put those in the show notes. Um, and Anything else that you can think of that we need to touch on right before we go, we close? I, I just want to say, Cheryl, thank you so much. Um, I really lost myself in this conversation. You are an excellent interviewer and I really enjoyed it. Thank you for oh, the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. I'm, I'm delighted to have you as part of, and part of my, in my life and as part of my life. And, and uh, I think uh, I've learned a lot from you just knowing you. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. Um, again, this is Cheryl Jones with simplythebestresults.com. If you'd like to reach out and talk to me, feel free to. Um, feel free to just drop me an email at Cheryl, that's C-H-E-R-Y-L, at simplythebestresults.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook or, yeah, those are the two platforms. I really don't do any more than that. So, and feel free to leave your comments. You know, it would be really, really helpful if you'd give us a five-star rating as well as some comments and, and just tell us how much you enjoyed today's program. So until next time, I want to thank you and I wish you the very best in getting simply the best results in your life. Bye-bye.
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star rating and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. To connect with me, Cheryl C. Jones, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook by my name. Don't forget that Cheryl is spelled with a C-H and be sure to include my middle initial, the letter C. You're welcome to email me at Cheryl at simplythebestresults.com or visit my website of www.simplythebestresults.com for more information and inspiration. This has been a GSTBR production created and hosted by me, Cheryl C. Jones, edited by Brandy Hockaday and produced by Kathy Holscher. New episodes are available each Thursday on Apple, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, and many other podcast directories. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.